Grace and peace family. This is Pastor J. Ricardo Smith, your host of the Place of Growth podcast. We thank you for joining us for yet another episode of this wonderful communication piece, this tool that we have to be able to minister the word of God to you in a very unique way. Um, I am also excited about constantly and continually improving the quality of what we present to you. And so a part of that process has already started. I want to thank Brother Jace DeGaulle for uh, giving us the intro, the intro music uh, that is here for the podcast. If you're a member of Brown Chapel, that should sound very familiar. That is our welcome song that is there for you to welcome you into this podcast uh, as you're listening, uh, whether that's tonight, in the morning, what have you. Uh, we wanted to welcome you into this place. So we want to thank uh, Brother Stagall, who served as uh, our minister of music for many years. Uh, he's off in school doing music production. And so why not put that to work, you know, let him use the, those gifts and skills and abilities uh, to help us do ministry in a great way. Also, uh, the sound quality is still not quite where I want it yet, but I ask for your prayers and your support uh, through that process. And if you're listening, you want to partner with us on this journey, you can go to bcoconey.org and there you can give uh, on the giving tab there through Givelify or PayPal. Uh, you could send a gift to us, notate that it is for uh, the Place of Growth podcast and we'll be able uh, to make sure that it is applied to get us the equipment we need, amen, to do this um, in a great way. Also, we're in the midst of Holy Week. Uh, this is uh, from Palm Sunday to Resurrection Easter Sunday uh, is the time that we uh, have designated on the Christian calendar to celebrate the the weighty sacrifice that our Savior made on our behalf when he died on Calvary's cross, and also to celebrate his resurrection, that he's not dead, he yet lives today. And so as we celebrate all week long, I want to ask that you continue uh, to stay plugged into the church, continue to be connected to the church through our website, again, at bcoconey.org, um, or if you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you can stay connected to our church through those mediums as well. And also uh, through our email and text blast that we send out, um, we do ask that you would uh, pay close attention to those throughout the course of this Holy Week, because we've got some great things that are coming up as we uh, continue to celebrate celebrate uh, our risen Savior and Lord today, on, on this week. And also, as I've been pondering what to teach and what to share, um, we've been in a journey through Acts, and I do believe that it's the will of God for us to continue that journey throughout the course of this year. And so very soon uh, on the Sunday preaching opportunities, we will be preaching through sermons in the book of Acts. But also, um, we are gearing up for Resurrection Sunday, and so we know uh, that in the month of May, Pentecost Sunday will be upon us. And so um, I believe that we want to set up our lessons to align with the dates that come up with Pentecost Sunday. And so for our lessons for the month of April, I was prayerful over what to share with you each Wednesday uh, as it relates to um, the Word of God. And I wanted to share something very practical and something that would help 
be a reminder to those who are members uh, and disciples of Brown's Chapel, but for those, but will also be uh, a way as an introduction of sorts to listeners we may have that are not connected with our church uh, so that they can learn more about who we are. And so I wanted to take the next four weeks to talk to you about the four key core values of Brown Chapel Baptist Church. Brown Chapel Baptist Church, which is a place that we often refer to as the place of growth, Brown Chapel is a word-centered church. We believe that Brown Chapel is a word-centered church that loves God, loves people, and proves it. We are a word-centered church that loves God, loves people, and we prove it every chance that we get. But that word-centered church portion, that, that phrase that is there in that particular motto sentence, word is also an acronym for our four pillar, four core values of our ministry. And those four areas are worship, outreach, relationships, and discipleship. We believe to be not just a disciple uh, that serves, that's connected in through membership uh, at Brown Chapel, but a disciple of Jesus Christ should be growing in four areas of your life, in worship, in outreach, in relationships, and discipleship. And so uh, to be able to package this to our church, um, we took time to really dissect these four key areas at four different times. And we use one particular scripture to emphasize it. And I want to use that one scripture over the next few weeks to really emphasize what our core values are as a ministry so you can learn more about who we are. And that would ask that you would meet me and join me in the book of John chapter four. And in John chapter four, you'll see that Jesus comes into contact with a particular lady who is referred to as the Samaritan woman as they meet together at a well. I really want to emphasize verses 16 through 24, but as a way to introduce her to you, I want to begin reading at verse number seven. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, and in John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is, is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty or have to come here and draw water. And Jesus said to her, go and call your husband. Come here. 
I'll stop there because I want to tell you that Jesus begins this conversation with this woman. And as he initiates the conversation, he's trying to emphasize one particular thought to her in this particular section as it pertains to worship. And that's the one thought I want to get over to you in this time of our sharing together today. Whenever you worship, God's priority is your heart. Whenever, not wherever you worship, but whenever you worship, God's priority is your heart. Jesus tells her to go, call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him and says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, you're right in saying, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands. And the one you're with now, the man you're with now, the man you're living with now is not your husband. What you said is true. You see, Jesus is taking time. He stops the discussion about living water. Instead, he abruptly tells the woman, I tell you what, go get your husband, bring him back to the well. The atmosphere changes at this point because you can see previously the woman had been quite talkative. She's in conversation with Jesus about the well, about is he better than Jacob, her, you know, her ancestors, her fathers that have drank from the same well. She says, Jesus, you don't have anything to draw water out of this well from. She says, why don't you give me some of this water you're talking about since it's so much better than the water that I have. But when Jesus stops having the conversation about living water, the atmosphere shifts when he says, go get your husband. She tells the truth. She doesn't have a husband. But what's unique in this text is while she doesn't have a husband, she does have some baggage. And it must have come as a complete shock to her that this particular woman hears Jesus, a complete stranger. Jesus, this man of Jewish ancestry coming in contact with this woman of Samaritan ancestry how in the world does he know my baggage? How did he lean in and be able to, you know, read my mail and know everything about me? She says, sir, you must be a prophet. Something's different about you because I didn't tell you this. You didn't know me. We just met here at this well. And now you're telling me everything about me. That's really what worship does. When we truly have an experience and an encounter with God, um, it's not because the preacher uh, has been following you on social media. It's just because God knew exactly what you needed to hear and when you needed to hear it. But here's the thing I want you to see about worship here in this text. A couple of things and I'll be done for tonight. The first one is this, that we believe that worship is not tied to your past. We believe that worship is not tied to your past. Here in the text, Jesus meets her. He asked her to go get her husband. She says, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, the way that you have responded and answered is absolutely correct. You've had five. The one you're with now is not even your husband either. But now she comes in contact with the seventh man. If I had more time than the little allotment of time I have for this podcast, I'd spend all day there to tell you that she needed to meet a man that could change her life. But 
the significance in the text is that Jesus knew her lifestyle, but he never condemned her for it. See, worship is a pillar, core value of our church. But the way that we look at worship is we do not turn anybody away. We do not cast anybody away because they have some baggage. We all sin, fall short of the glory of God. All of us got some baggage. We just don't want everybody to know how much baggage we carry in. Jesus never condemns her, even though he knew her lifestyle. He's not giving her a free pass to sin. He's calling her out of the lifestyle, but he never condemns her for it. And that tells us this, that your past does not disqualify you from having a relationship with God. But not only do we believe that worship is not tied to your past, we also believe that worship is not tied to a place. Because if you keep reading John chapter four, we see when the woman says, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. So let me ask you a question since you're this prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Which one is it, Jesus? Should we worship you in the building? Should we worship you at home? This is a very uh, clear picture of the times in which we're currently living. She's asking, where is the place to worship? Jesus says to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain, thank you, Lord, nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. He says, you Samaritans, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation comes from the Jews. But here's the verse I need you to get. But the hour is coming and is now here. I got to say that again. The hour is coming and is now here. Not just speaking of an eschatological reality, but the coming hour that affects all of worship is even here right now. The hour is coming and it's now here right now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such a people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, verse 21 spoke of a time yet future when worship would be unrelated and untied to a place. But verse 23 repeats that clause that a time is coming, but goes on to add the all important and has now come. That Jesus brings the future into the present by declaring that at the present time, those who truly worship the Father must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And much like Jesus, we need not get caught up in the age old argument of which is the right temple, what is the right place, what is what are the right clothing to wear, can I worship God, do I have to sit in my uh, designated seat uh, in the same or can I sit in my pajamas on the sofa with some popcorn with the church on the big screen? We don't need to be in those arguments about the right church, the right place of worship, the right denomination. We need to understand it's not about the place of worship, but it's rather about the nature of worship. How 
the how of worship is more important than the where of worship. And so what I said earlier, whenever you worship, God's priority is your heart. He doesn't care about where, wherever is not the question, but whenever you worship, God's priority is your heart. We, we're not able to worship in the way that has always been comfortable to us. But that's not even what God is looking for. I know that's not what you want to hear. And as a pastor, I know uh, that this may be difficult even teaching to even get you to come back to church. But I do want you to know that worship is not tied to a place in your car in your shower, on your job, wherever you are. If you really are a worshiper, you will worship him in spirit and in truth wherever you are. So we believe that worship is not tied to a place. We believe that worship is not tied to your past. But worship is, however, tied to your purpose and is only tied to one person. He's trying to stress to her that you were created to worship God, that our purpose as believers, our purpose as the called out, our purpose as those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we were created to worship him. And so God is looking for those who are truly his called out children to worship him in both spirit and in truth. Because we believe that worship is only tied to one person. We understand that acceptable worship is in both spirit and in truth, but that God himself is spirit and not flesh, which tells us that God is not physical, which would limit him to one spot. But thanks be to God, God is everywhere at the same time. God is with us right where we are, even when we are not all together in the same physical place. The same God who was with us at 1030 Brown Chapel Road is the same God that's with us in our respective houses. He's not limited to one spot. He's omnipresent everywhere at the same time. And that God is seeking, is literally looking for those of us who will worship him with our mind, our bodies, and our souls, with everything that's within us. So my call to us is to be a word-centered church that values, that holds into high esteem, the worship of the triune God. We believe that worship is not tied to our past. I know you got baggage, but come on, join the family. We all got it. Don't wait till the door is open. You can connect with us on the church website now, bcoconey.org. You can do it right now. If you got a past, this is a good place for you to be because we're not going to hold your past against you. God doesn't, so we can't. Worship is not tied to your past. We also believe that worship is not tied to a place. Don't get hung up on the building because God could permit certain things to happen to where you won't be able to walk into that building. Oh, wow, we're there now. <laughs> it's not tied to a place, but it is tied to our purpose. You were created to worship him. And worship is only tied to one person, 
Don't ever get it twisted and start to worship your things and worship people, worship places. Worship is only tied to one person and that's God himself. I want to pray for you tonight and as we close this time of sharing that you would not lose your worship because you can't worship on the mountain, that you would not lose your worship because you can't worship in Jerusalem, but that you would remind yourself that wherever you are, real worship can take place right there. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this opportunity and opening this door for us to minister across airwaves. And Father, I pray that the Brown Chapel Baptist Church will continue to be a word-centered church, that this place of growth where people will continue to see their relationship with you evolve over time, that we would truly love you, truly love people and prove it. And one of the ways we prove it is that we don't hold people's past against them because that's not how people grow and develop in their relationship with you. So Lord, we pray that you will continue to help us to be believers who understand worship is not tied to people's paths. Worship is not tied to a place. Woe unto us if we ever worship the building. We worship the God of the building. Forgive us for times that we have incorrectly worshiped things and made idols out of things, even at times unknowingly. But worship is tied to our purpose. We were created and the father is looking for his children who will worship him in spirit and in truth because worship is only tied to one person. Help us to live out this truth as a church, as a ministry, as individuals, as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we'll be so careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. My prayer is that you grow through this, that you don't just go through it, grow through it. Be blessed.